What's up, everybody? It's Mr. James O'Neill here, your keynote speaker, National Board Certified Math Teacher, and today your podcast host. My mission is targeting mastery for all, empowered by equity for all, through the belief of expectations for who? For all, y'all. And if I'm saying y'all, y'all already know I'm coming from the South. By way of the QC, the Queen City, Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm super excited that you decided to join me. All right, people. So today's episode is a peep into my life's journey. It is the time I wanted to walk away from education. Now, you know, as a teacher, there are many times we're just like, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't have this to do. Like, <laughs> listen, I'm over this. Like, uh, and I'm talking about pre-pandemic, <laughs> pre-pandemic give up, you know, like pre-pandemic deuces. Like I'm out. I'm done. So I'm not talking about this whole pandemic that we've been going through. Like there have been many occasions and I'm just like, you sure you want to do this? You sure you want to wake up today and, and go in and, and, and be stressed with this whole Zooming and everything that we're doing? You sure you want to do this? You sure? Are you sure? Are you, James? Are you sure? And so I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in 2016. Let's take you back to pre-pandemic days. 2016, I was leaving Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where I had been a math teacher for eight years. I knew that it was time to come back home to the South where I was born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. I really didn't, but uh, I just felt like doing that because Fresh Prince, I've been listening to his book and it's quite amazing and he's just inspired me on another level. And so shout out to Will Smith, Williard Smith, shout out to him today. But back to my story, 2016, I decided to leave Pittsburgh and come back home. And so in the process of me coming back home, I knew that being from a very small town that I really, really, really wanted to go to a city. I went to the NC State University. And so I thought that I would be heading back to Raleigh. But when one of my friends took me to Charlotte, I was like, yo, (laughs) this is a city in the South and it's not Atlanta. But I get a lot of city vibes from this city. And so I said, Charlotte is the place for me to be. So here's the backstory. Y'all, I was so fed up with where I was at spiritually, emotionally, physically, just everything. I knew it was time to go on. I said, I'm going to move to Charlotte within the next two weeks from Pittsburgh. Needless to say, I did not have a place to stay. I knew that coming back down to the south, I was going to hit a, uh, I was going to definitely have a pay cut. I knew that I, I knew that I would not be able to afford what I was affording where I was at in Pittsburgh. I just knew it was going to be a different life. And I knew I was fed up with what I was feeling, how I was feeling, and I knew it was time for me to go. So I said, in two weeks, I'm coming to move to Charlotte. And so within that two week time, I found a roommate. I went on roommates. I was on every roommate.com website, like everything you can think of. Roomster, roommates.com. I don't know how many. It was like five different websites what I was looking for roommates. And I was praying to God, like I need somebody that's 
definitely rooted in their faith, uh, preferably a Christian, someone that does not live this crazy wild life because that's not what I'm about. And so I did find a roommate in the two weeks, came in, moved to Charlotte, brought all my stuff down in a van that I rented from Pittsburgh. I came in, unpacked that stuff and went back the very next day. It was crazy, y'all. I did some crazy stuff to come back and to move back. But anyway, I ended up at the school that I uh, interviewed on Skype at the time to come in because they were looking for a math teacher and they did not have one. And I was like, all right, this school called Piedmont IB Middle School. And I remember saying in my heart and my spirit and my soul, everything a part of me said that I wanted to be somewhere really diverse. That is where I wanted to be somewhere that with a, a lot of diversity because I ended up at Belta Park and at Belta Park, it was 97% white, 2% black and 1% other. And I said, you know, I just wanted to see just culture in a different way. And so when I saw Piedmont's demographics um, and I was like, oh, wow, there's a lot of different cultures and races here. And they had this amazing YouTube video on their website that showed all the things that were going on. I was intimidated. I was like, first of all, this school was predominantly black and it was an A plus school. And I said, like, I've never seen that before, because usually when you're looking at a predominantly black school, you are high in the negative and low in the positives. And so I was like, I've never seen that. So I really want to go to a place somewhere that I could challenge myself, somewhere I can grow, somewhere I could branch off, because I had never seen a predominantly black school as an A plus rated school. I said, whoa. And when I saw the video, I was like, wow, like they have so much going on in this school. And I was a little, like I'm gonna confess and say this again, I was intimidated when I interviewed. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I taught well enough after even getting some of the awards and the recognition from the district as being one of the best math teachers in the district. I felt like I was not good enough. And so I had this, this imposter syndrome coming in. And so I got to the school and it was two weeks before school started, y'all. I was crazy. <laughs> and so when I got there and I came to North Carolina, I did not know that the standards were totally different. So in Pittsburgh, I taught eighth grade math and algebra one. There was no integrated math like when I came to North Carolina and algebra one became math one. And then the eighth grade math, which led, which led into integrated math had other math in it and so 60 percent of the stuff that i was teaching was new i am an eighth year teacher and 60 percent of the stuff that i'm teaching in my classes is new content y'all new content and so and this is two weeks before school gets started so i'm moving in i'm packing up my stuff i'm trying to get to know the city i'm i'm new to everything i really don't have any context in the city and so i'm just like okay and now i have these orientations i have to transfer my license i have to get these shots make sure my immunization records are on point there's just so much logistical stuff that i have to do hr here and sending this paperwork and, and it was so much that by the time it, school started I didn't even open and crack them in the book to figure out what in the world am I teaching so that year became the hardest year pre-pandemic the hardest year of my teaching career I was literally teaching myself 
things on the spot. And when I'm talking about on the spot, pretty much becoming a first year teacher, trying to teach myself the content, figure out how I'm going to teach it. Who am I teaching? How will I understand that they understand what I'm teaching? And then starting pretty much all over again. Thankful that I had an amazing teacher by the name of Miss Delery, who was my mentor, who had been there at Piedmont for already eight years. And so she was there and she was on point. One of the most amazing teachers that I have ever seen in my life. You're talking about organization to a T. You're talking about understanding math to a T. You're talking about routines and relationships. I mean, she was amazing. And I was like, I want to be like you when I grow up. And we've been teaching for the same amount of years. But because I came to this amazing, excellent school, they were doing things that I had never seen before. So needless to say, when I was in Pittsburgh, there was a teacher over the field trips. There was a teacher that took up the money. Like I had never been involved in any of this stuff. But at Piedmont, <laughs> we had our hands into everything. And so keeping track of money, keeping track of permission slips, keeping track of all this stuff that somebody necessarily did for us. Like we had to do all this stuff, which was new. Now I'm at an IB school and these IB learner profiles that I've never heard of and anything like stuff all brand new to me. There, our school was heavily in the art. So kids had orchestra and they had honors art and there was just so much stuff. You're talking about um, interruptions in the day because we were all about the whole child, like assembly after assembly and projects after projects. It was Woo, y'all, when I tell you I was like, this video was in line, y'all do a lot here, I was overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed that this was the first time in my career that I literally came to work on Saturday. Like, I literally came to the building on Saturday because I felt many days unprepared. I was literally going to work at seven o'clock in the morning, getting there at seven and literally stand there till seven o'clock, pretty much four out of the five days of the week I was there. And guess who was there with me? <laughs> Miss Delery, Lord, we were the last teachers there just about, just about every day because y'all, I literally Never taught this stuff before. And though I had been teaching for eight years, I had my, you listen, I had my binders full of ready content and 60% uh, of the stuff that was in my binders no longer applied to the math that I was now teaching. I remember seeing exponential functions for the very first time, all my math people out here. And I was like, where did this come from? When did I learn about this in school? Like I haven't seen an exponential function in my life. That's what I felt like. And I know I've learned it along the way, but I've never taught it. And I was like, exponential functions? Like what is, I don't even understand what this is. And so when it was given to me, I was just like, okay, just show me what it is. And I can tell you that first year I taught, I did not do a great job with content because I didn't really know it like that for real, for real, for real, for real. Let me be 100% honest with you. Like I gleaned over, I glossed over some of the content because I didn't know it. And because things were moving so fast and there was a calendar and Ms. Delery had everything um, to the letter of the day, I was stressed. Stressed out of my mind and I had made up in my mind that I was going to walk away 
after that year. I remember sometime in November, my church had this revival, and I, I remember it as clear as day, and Pastor AD3 was there. And uh, I forgot what the AD represented, but the three represented that he was the third. <laughs> and so he said in the pulpit one day, he said, you didn't ask for easy. You asked for excellence. And I was like, oh, boy, that thing hit me like a ton of bricks. And it released a ton of bricks at the same time because I was like, because I did ask for excellence. That's what I asked for. I asked for a different culture. I asked to be stretched beyond anything I had been stretched before. And when the prayer was answered, I was sitting in my feelings like, this is too much. Like I gotta change so much and I gotta work so hard and I have so much to take care of and I'm new to the city and I don't know what I wanna do and I'm just like stressed out of my mind. But as I heard the word, I was like, that's what I asked for. I was being asked to come to a new level of teaching, a new level of connecting with kids, a new level of responsibility, a new level of work ethic. And though I had been working hard before, I did not think that I had the strength to work at this level of excellence. And so when I heard that word, it changed my mind and it stopped me whining for like a month. Because <laughs> listen, <laughs> I went back to be like, I'm done with this. I literally met with my pastor and I told him the school that I came to before I came there, you know, a black male teacher with with the level of excellence that I had coming in to the to Charlotte and the test scores and my data from the past like I was desirable. I remember a school was going to give me a $8,000 signing bonus. Listen, y'all, I want y'all to hear to me. I want y'all to hear me. A school was going to give me an $8,000 signing bonus. And in teacher world, that's a lot of money to come in and to be a teacher. And so they were just like, we can find money for you. And this is what we want to do. I was going to commit to that school. But when I looked at the demographics, I said, that's not what I what I felt in my heart. And it's not a nothing, no knock against where the school was located and who was in the school. I said, in my heart, I want diversity. And in my heart, I want to go somewhere I've never been before. And so uh, for seven years, I taught at a school that could be considered Title I. And for a year and a half, I went to another school that was was not Title I, that was considered maybe um, working class. And so for whatever reason, in my heart, I said, I need excellence and I need diversity. And that is going to be my honing factor. Like what is going to lock me in is excellence and diversity. And though the $8,000 was great, I turned it down because my heart said, this is what I need to experience. Y'all, I, I, I did not know as I reflect on it now that I was passing a test, that money couldn't buy what I knew was the right thing for me to do. And so somebody, I'm saying that for somebody today that you're being offered money, that you're being offered this and that, but you know in your heart, that's not the next level. And sometimes you have to wait and get the experience that your heart is desiring so that you can go on and make the money that you need to make. And so needless to say, y'all, I took the job where they didn't have any signing bonus. <laughs> they had no extra money for me. 
And I had already, and I had discovered that I was taking a $15,000 pay cut. And the $8,000 would look great. Listen to me right here, right now. The $8,000 would have been great in my paycheck, (laughs) that one-time signing bonus. But I went where my heart said to go. And after meeting with my pastor and saying, like, I think I'm walking away. He said, you know, you might have to go somewhere where the load and the demand is not as great. And so that you can have time to get to know yourself. And though he gave me words of wisdom as I sat there listening to him, I said, but I'm walking away from what I asked for. Woo, y'all, I was about to walk away from what I asked for. And I asked for excellence. Excellent people will always push you to your truest potential. And I was on the cusp of true excellence in my teaching craft. And so I sat down with my principal. I had not talked to her ever. I sent her a text message and I said, we need to talk. (laughs) And she said, "Uh uh-oh, what do we need to talk about? And so I looked at her, I sat her down and I said, I think I'm leaving the school. And she was just like, no, like you can't leave. We can't, we can't afford for you to leave James. Like, like you can't leave. And I remember these words, like they are being said to me right now. She looked me in my face and she said, James, you cannot come in at seven o'clock early and stay 7 p.m. late every day. You have to pick one. Either you come in early and you leave on time or you come in later and you stay a little bit later. You cannot afford to do both. And when she said that, I said, I hear you, but I can't afford not to right now because this is too much. This is too much. And so as I sat there listening to her words, I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to literally come in over the summer and I'm going to teach myself all the content that I really did not get a chance to learn on the fly this year. And so for a month and a half, three days out of the four days that the school was open, because we know in the summertime we have Fridays off, I came and I went into Mr. Monismith's office. Um, it might have been Mr. Kirkland at the time, one of the APs, assistant principals at the time. And I literally put together all the binders, all the notes. I reworked out everything. I created keys for everything. I sat down and I said, okay, so I need to watch some videos on this because I don't know how to teach exponential functions. I don't know what they are. And then I looked at the quadratic unit because I haven't ever taught quadratics and I barely remember them from high school. And I looked and I was like, oh, that is the reason why this is happening. And and I looked at the words. I looked at the language. I looked at transformations. That's something that was easy, but I had never taught it before as eighth grade content. I looked at the system of equations that we'd never really taught to eighth graders. And I was just like, how can I pull out better understanding? What do I need for my kids? Let me resolve the keys. What do I need to have ready? That month and a half, I got myself ready to be the most amazing teacher that I could be. And in that moment, I decided to embrace the call to excellence. 
One of the things that I'm passionate about is mastery for all. And, you know, I, I go around and I speak about this and I'm passionate about this. And when I say all, because I remember being a little black boy in a classroom and all did not include me. Like it did not include me. It was I was not in the vision until one teacher looked at me and said, you know what? You can do the same thing that my white students are doing. And I'm going to pull you out of this class and I'll put you in this class. And it changed my life forever. Shout out to episode one. Shout out to episode one. And so I know what it means to be looked over. And so when I say mastery for all y'all, it's it's it is my heart. Because I knew right then I became a master teacher of my content. And what happened was, is that as I mastered my content, it freed up my life. Y'all, I told you, I, I, I got a $15,000 cut in my salary. And so the very next year, I said, I'm going to get my national boards because that's the only way right now that I can make more money in North Carolina with this 12% increase. The only reason why I can do that, y'all, was because I was no longer going home teaching myself the content that I did not know and did not have time to learn because I did that in the summertime. So what happened is that during that time, I freed up my time to pursue national boards. And thankfully, the very next year, I became a national board certified teacher and that retro check that came into my life was quite amazing. You're talking about getting back my (laughs) $8,000 that I missed from the very first time. And also what happened is that now I I started tutoring business on the side. So I started tutoring and building my clientele there, which brought in more money into my life. And so I saw things starting to open up to me because I opened up my life by freeing up my time by learning what I did not learn the previous year. I'm talking to somebody today and you want to just walk away from education. You just want to give up because it's too hard. And I just want to remind you that you asked for this. You really did. When you asked to be the best that you can be, that came with the price of being the best. And being the best takes work. Being the best takes work ethic. Being the best takes bruises, takes trials and tribulations, ups and downs, but you learn from it because it's all about your perspective. It's all about how you see a thing and it's all about you reminding yourself that this is making you better. There were so many days that I failed with the kids. And you talk about data. My first year data was really good. Like compared to many of the teachers in the district, I still showed growth that was that was really good. But I went from uh, on average 3%, well, a, a growth measure of like 3.1 to like 14, no, it was 13.1 the very next year. Like how do you grow so much? I grew so much because I mastered my content and then that freed me to build mastery relationships with my students. Like I was doing things with them that I had not done the previous day, previous year with the other kids and I felt bad. I was just like, oh my gosh, all this creativity is flowing out of me because I mastered my content and it gave me back time. Don't walk away. You asked for this. You asked for excellence. And it was time for me to move on. When I left Pittsburgh, it was time for me to move on. And I thought that through the pressures of being a teacher, it felt like a first year teacher as an eighth year teacher at Piedmont. I felt like pressure in life. I literally said, I think God don't want me to be a teacher anymore. I thought all of that that I was going through was saying it's time to go, but it wasn't time. It was time for me to go to a new 
level of excellence. And I am there. I am the teacher I am today because I made the decision to become that teacher by believing that I could master this content. And in doing so, I could free myself to be a master of creativity, a master of relationship building, and a master of teaching mathematics to eighth grade students. Do not walk away. You did not ask for easy. You asked for excellence. Y'all, that is my truth and I'm sticking by it. I am who I am today because of the decision that I had made. And that is today's show. I almost walked away, y'all. I almost walked away from education because I felt like I could not take any more. But I gave myself a second chance. And somebody just needs to give yourself a second chance. At any time, if you ever want to connect with me on social media, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Mr. Dot James O'Neill, O'Neill spelled O-N-E-A-L, or LinkedIn and Twitter at Mr. James O'Neill. There's no dot there. Or you can email me at info at mrjamesoneal.com, where you will also find other videos, other products, and other inspiration to keep you motivated throughout your day. Listen, y'all, you know what it is. I am super excited that you joined me. Today, today. And I want you to have an excellent day. Today, today. See ya.